everyone is putting, you know, some sort of solar and battery to some degree on their assets, that's going to be a win for us. This is The Interchange, Recharged. I'm David Van Miller. The race to decarbonize is well underway. Every day I see new initiatives and technologies which could solve some of the biggest challenges we face in getting to net zero. It's a learning curve for me, but I'm all in and I hope you are too. So join me as I navigate through the world of clean technology and together we can learn something new on every episode of the podcast. We live in a data-driven world where technology is helping businesses solve problems across countless sectors. A few episodes ago, we spoke to the founder and executive director of WattTime, a nonprofit tech company that uses the power of data to reduce emissions at the consumer level. Today, I'm joined by Ryan Push, the co-founder and CEO of Zentility. Ryan's company uses data to simplify and streamline the energy buying process for businesses. Let's find out how it works. So Ryan, thanks for joining us on the show. David, thanks for having me. So tell us a little bit about uh, Zentility, what you guys do, how you started. Sure. Zentility is a end-to-end energy procurement platform. So we built and build digital tools for energy suppliers, uh, energy buyers, businesses specifically that are buying energy products and services. And also we build tools for advisors, consultants that are helping the buyer and the supplier in that transaction. So it's an end-to-end system that we've built. It's basically three websites that talk to each other and exchange data. How that came to be uh, was really born out of me working at a company called Constellation Energy. They are a large wholesale and retail energy provider in the United States. And I was there for a little less than a decade and I was doing a number of different things there and really focused a lot on the electricity retail side of the business. And this is really where I learned a lot about the three uh, stakeholders, so to speak, that are operating and utilizing our platform today and our tools. So I got to work with businesses and I got to help them build strategies and help them buy energy. I got to work with consultants and brokers and advisors who would come to Constellation to partner and to get pricing and different sort of products and services that that Constellation was building and offering into the market. You know, really all of this came out of me working at Constellation during my formative years when I when I got when I graduated college. And what does your platform do in terms of bringing them together? What does it provide and how does it simplify the process? What it does is it provides first and foremost the customer with the ability to uh, transparently buy electricity, natural gas, renewables through a digital interface that they get access to. And as a part of getting access to that, we have on the other side, the suppliers who are able to get the customer's data, the utility bill data, the customer's profile, contract information, those types of things. It's able to share that very easily through the platform. And then the advisor, the consultant, whoever is basically facilitating the transaction 
they are able to take and exchange the data and the information with a few clicks of the button, basically through the website. And it's very easy to kind of navigate. And we built the UI in such a way where it's easy and more transparent uh, than what you would get normally from um, you know the the procurement process today. And so the end customer really is able to make an informed decision uh, based on uh, a number of providers, right? Yes, but also the advisors are able to really make an informed decision because normally what happens is the customer and the advisor, consultant, whoever it might be, work very closely together. Uh, they're like the trusted advisor, right? They're like most broker-oriented industries, right? The real estate world, you have a real estate agent that's going to help you buy a home. They're going to know the landscape of that, you know, geographical area, that zip code. They're going to understand, you know, the, the housing market of that area. They're going to know a lot of different things uh, about that industry. It's similar to what's happening with electricity uh, and what we're doing. We really build, uh, and these tools are really built for not just the customer to have a transparent experience, but also the advisor consultant we give them the tools to really understand what they're offering to their customers. And do you operate across the U.S. Uh, in all the various ISOs? Yeah, so we operate uh, nationally across all the ISOs. We are specifically focused uh, in the areas of the country that offer choice. Uh, we specifically focus on businesses. We don't do anything with residential at all. We just specifically focus on the commercial and industrial space. It's really interesting right now. I mean, obviously, we're in the midst of summer. Uh, you've got heat waves uh, across across the globe, actually, and people are very focused on energy bills, uh, given the rising rising costs, but also from a renewable standpoint. What are you seeing in terms of trends from the providers, but also requests from businesses on renewable sources? Yeah, it's really it's interesting. I've been in the industry for about 15 years and more so now than ever, we get requests for both your standard mix prices. And then we also in the same breath say, can you also show me what the price would be if I were to go 50% or 100% green, right? Or provide more renewables into my, my purchasing strategy. And that's, has been something that has been coming up more so in the last 24 months than I think ever in the history that I've been doing this. Uh, for the longest time, it's really been based on, you know, lowest price or best contract terms, um, you know, de-risking the, the, the buyer's portfolio of properties as much as possible. But now that a lot of these buyers are starting to look at their energy strategy, their purchasing strategy. Buying more renewables is actually becoming more, it seems like a corporate mandate or some sort of uh, uh, is being pushed from you know the top of uh, a company. Uh, and I see that trend continuing uh, to happen over the over the course of time. It is interesting because that you see a lot of whether it's banking community and who they lend to, just the consumer community, they're starting to look more and more upstream, you know, scope one, two, three emissions uh, factoring into their decisions. So you can see a lot of these consumer or commercial and industrial companies 
trying to get more green. And have you seen a big cost difference between the two when they when they layer on more renewable? Does it, is it dependent on the region? What kind of trends are you seeing in that arena? I see the prices going up. I noticed that in different ISOs like ERCOT, for example, electricity pricing has gone up dramatically over the last six to 12 months. You know, I'll just give you an example. During COVID in ERCOT, you could find prices that were in the three to four dollar range per megawatt hour. And that is changed. And now you're looking at six to seven dollars just in that short period of time. Now, if you include renewables, renewables are always sort of added on, right? And you're basically paying additional cost prices for that renewable power. That Those prices have also gone up and are going up. So I see all prices across renewable and your standard mixed power going up uh, over the last six to 12 months. Yeah, I see that. I mean, I live in ERCOT and just from a, a residential standpoint, renewing my contract was three times higher uh, than it was when I locked it in uh, two years ago. So it's a significant uptick. Yeah. Uh, are you seeing any trends across the, the ISOs? Maybe one has more renewable requests or actually uh, contracts that contain more renewable sources? Yeah. So from a trend standpoint, what we see is a lot of our real estate buyers, our asset management companies and REITs, ownership groups, they have real estate assets all over the country. And one of the hotbeds for renewable requests actually has been DC, Washington, DC. So, you know, I do see a trend in some of the kind of major cities, New York, DC. Uh, I see that trend happening right now. Um, And then you know, you get pockets of uh, Pennsylvania, you know, where you have a big corporate client that wants to buy 100% renewable power, you know, so I'd say some of the major cities, I'm seeing more trends going towards renewable power purchasing. Um, But, uh, you know, it's been, it's been interesting, because the price of power has gone up so much that, you know, they're, either doing it because they need to from a corporate, you know, kind of standpoint to check that box and make sure that they're following the mandates that that are put in place uh, at the top from from each company. But if there isn't any sort of kind of mandate that is being put in place, uh, we still also see people, especially right now, looking for the lowest possible price they can find. As it relates to the broader energy transition, what are you guys doing to kind of help foster that and and maybe push more renewable source energy uh, consumption? So what we're doing is we're creating an interface that takes the customer's data, utility bill data, contract data, profile data, and we are giving that to the customer in that GUI UI and we're promoting the fact that they can buy renewable right next to that standard mixed power offering. So when they look at the information in front of them, they could see, okay, I could pay six cents per kilowatt hour for 12 months, and I can get that with no renewables included, or I could pay 6.5 cents 
per kilowatt hour, 6.6 .6 cents per kilowatt hour, and get a certain percentage of my load in a renewable source, whether that's RECs per wind or solar. So we're helping by giving a really simplified, dumbed down version of the price and what that price would be with renewables. That's one part of it. The other part is we're also trying to look at the overall portfolio, where it is, and look at the customer's profile and say, okay, if you were to, let's say, do some sort of block and index strategy, for example, you may be more inclined to do some sort of distributed generation, backup generation type of uh, strategy, right? So we're giving them the ability to run different scenarios through our platform, and that gives them a chance to really think through, should we invest in some sort of distributed generation or some sort of renewable purchasing agreement, or should we not based on the data that it's that, that's telling them what to do? So our, our, our platform really helps to make recommendations or suggestions, right, based on what the customer wants to see. And that's all based on their profile, right? Some customers don't necessarily want to see renewables, right? But they may mean renewable energy certificates, but they may want to buy, you know, a solar plus battery, right? It just, it just depends on the customer. It's very uh, case by case. And this is kind of like a, a portfolio optimization because you're dealing with large complex companies, not just one manufacturing facility right. that has one bill. These are guys that have facilities located across the US. Mm -hmm. And so they're looking at the various different providers and trying to, like you said, run through the various scenarios to really optimize their energy use, but also any kind of corporate mandates or, or social mandates that they have to try to increase the renewable power. That's right. Yeah, that, that's correct. So in terms of the data uh, that you have, I mean, how many data points do you have and how many providers are you working with? So we have a lot of suppliers. We work with right now about 40 different suppliers across the country. And those suppliers are providing electricity, natural gas, renewables, distributed generation products and services. So they're all utilizing the supplier marketplace platform that we've created. The supplier marketplace that we're building continues to grow. Uh, we're getting inquiries from new suppliers that are coming in asking to be a part of the platform because they see that a lot of the uh, consultants, advisors, brokers, as well as big companies are using the other pieces or other tools that we're building. So um, a lot of suppliers. Now the data points, we take in a lot of different data points. So as I mentioned before, let's start with the profile. So the profile is really the customer data points, right? So they're gonna come in and provide the platform and the system those data points. They're gonna fill out their profile, answer their questions, those types of things. So there's there's questions and, and data points there that we are capturing and storing. And then you have the advisors who are also providing the system data points, whether it's um, contract information, it could be the utility logins that they have access to, 
that have access to all the utility bill data that we that our platform uh, takes in. I would say we have a number of different data points that we capture, um, and all of those data points are revolving around the supply side, the the price and the the um, the components that make up that price. Uh, you know, because of all the data points that you have and, and and that you've been analyzing, I'm really interested in the trends that you're seeing. You know, we've talked about what you're seeing from a buying standpoint with with the consumer and industrial or uh, commercial and industrial clients. What are you seeing in terms of the availability of sources of power from a renewable standpoint? So, from an availability standpoint, it's a good question, actually. I mean, when we get a request um, from an advisor, partner, or from a from a customer, um, when it comes to renewables, um, we have a number of partners or suppliers, sorry, that can fulfill that request. We haven't had, um, luckily to date, any issues with fulfilling the request for renewable power. Um, the pricing has fluctuated, obviously, as I mentioned earlier, but the 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 fulfillment of that hasn't been um, an issue yet from a contract standpoint. So um, all is good on on that front when it comes to fulfilling the renewable request. What do you see long term from a pricing standpoint? I mean, we're obviously in an inflationary environment right now. Energy prices are are increasing. Interest rates are increasing. But as you look to the future for power prices, both from a, a fossil fuel and renewable side, what are you seeing those trends or where do you see those going over the next couple of years? Well, I see those prices and those trends continuing to move up over the next couple of years. I think what you're going to see is you're going to have a continued increase of businesses that want to buy renewables. And as that continues to happen, I think there's going to be a need for the infrastructure and the supply and demand, right, to catch up. And I think as that begins to happen, I think prices will uh rise and then sort of plateau over the next coming you know call it two three years it's really hard to kind of <laughs> it's impossible to predict the future of of where prices are going uh, but i cannot see it coming back to where we were in 2020 2021 i think there was a little bit of a kind of a reality distortion field put up with covid happening and sort of that supply and demand um, issue. And it really uh, depressed prices down to historical lows. And as that, as we got, came, started to come out of uh, COVID and things started to get um, a little bit more normalized, I think you started, obviously everybody started to see the prices, you know, go up. And now we're in a situation where there is supply and demand issues and there's a number of other inflationary situations that are causing these prices to 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 go up i i do i do think that that's going to continue to to trend up and um you know over the next 12 to 18 months and so you'd expect the trend that you say started from your view 24 months ago the requests for more renewable power in, in these contracts you'd expect that to continue going forward yeah i would i expect that to continue because i do think that regardless of price i think these 
large buyers, uh, these corporate customers, and also these advisors and consultants that are helping to navigate these strategies with the customer. I, I Everything that I've been hearing and seeing from a pricing request perspective, and all of that has been trending towards more renewables, and uh, I don't see that stopping. I see that uh, continuing to accelerate. And do you think the pricing impact will, the differences between the two on the fossil fuel generation and renewables start bifurcating a little bit more in the future? It's a good question. Again, so hard to predict, but I'd say that I'd say that because it's more driven by the amount of money that they're able to receive from a lending perspective to buy more assets, to invest in more things that their, you know, corporate mandates are 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 are, you know, are coming out and 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 they're I see that price being you know, obviously always a factor. I don't think it's going to be the biggest factor when it comes to the renewable side. I think it's going to be more driven by, you know, how much they're going to be able to do with their core business without, you know, renewables versus with renewables. And they're going to probably come to the equation, you know, the, the, the equation will probably shake out to be if I don't invest or don't think about a sustainability strategy or buying more renewables or something like that, I may not get you know, my next fund completed or whatever it might be, right? So I think that that's going to be driving most of it, which is, you know, a lot of it's following the money. And I think, you know, with renewables and with with everything that's going on, a lot of it's going to be driven by money. Have you seen, I guess, over the the past 24 months uh, that you're referring to, have you seen more companies take a higher priced option that includes more renewables than you did before that started. So, I mean, to your earlier point that it's become much more of a focus in their procurement decisions. Have you seen them say, okay, well, I'm paying a little bit more of a price, but I can now have 25, 30% or whatever from a renewable source? Yeah, that's exactly what is happening, actually. And that doesn't necessarily trickle down to you know, your SMB, your small to medium business just yet. Uh, I'm, I'm talking more, you know, you're one tier down from your, you know, Google Facebook, Salesforce companies, you know, the kind of the, the mid-market, you know, kind of real estate, commercial, industrial space. I, I, I see that, um, you know, I, I see them right now requesting both your standard price, standard mix price for power and then renewables. And they're, and they're, they're, they're looking and they're like, okay, well, you know, it's not that much more. It's obviously more expensive, but it's not that much more. And they're buying way more frequently than they were, you know, four, five, six years ago. So I, I, I definitely, you know, to your point, going back two years, I, I definitely think that trend continues. Your point about financing, I mean, that's obviously an interesting and key component of the energy transition is the amount of money flowing into it, which uh, all my guests have, have, have kind of said the same thing is the environment's much better today than it was a few years ago in the availability of financing. How is Intility finding their financing environment as they're looking for the funds going forward and investors? Well, that's an interesting question. So my co-founder and I, Craig Toby, we set out to build a technology platform, right? So because we are uh, investing in developers and data science and uh, uh, all of the kind of technical side of things around 
computer development and computer programming, we are um, sort of in that sort of SaaS space, right? The software as a service space. And from an investment standpoint, it's not like we're an energy, um, you know, solar company or a, you know, traditional broker who who is looking for investment from um, some sort of private equity or, or, or VC. We actually are going and in for us at Zentility, we um, actually are getting investment from um, what's some just your, your more classic venture capitalist um, that are looking to invest in SaaS, software as a service. So from our standpoint, it's a little bit different than maybe um, maybe some other uh, you know more classic energy companies because we are very focused on 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 the on the building of the actual software. So when we go out and we raise money, we're going to um, um, more like of the prop tech venture capitalists and and getting investment from those types of entities. So not not anybody that's really focused on kind of energy clean energy uh, type investing, more just the pure tech uh, software side uh, of the VC firm. That's right. That's right. Now, I'm not saying that the the energy uh, investment community specifically isn't uh, interested in investing in, in all types of different products and services that are being created today. But for us specifically at Zentility, we've found that because we service so much of that commercial industrial load and we are focused on those types of customers and also the industry that sells into those types of customers right the consultants the the brokers the you know the bill pay companies the you know it's such a robust industry the commercial industrial space we have gone the route of prop tech vc uh, venture capital then energy vc as you look across all your data points that you have across the U.S. and the various ISOs, are you seeing anything that is more beneficial from a regulatory standpoint in one area versus the other, whether it's the pricing of the renewables, the availability renewables, any area that you're just kind of seeing a lot more activity that may be driven by the regulatory policy environment? I think, well, I don't know. I, I, I think that there's just a lot more noise around the space now than it ever has been really right i mean i think more people are talking about it and because more people are talking about it there are more opportunities right like carbon platforms and you know all these things that are coming up and popping up in the news and then these are these articles that are being written around sort of the 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 revolution that we're experiencing in the energy space right like again go back three four years ago that's i mean Every once in a while, there might have been an article, but now it's like every day, right? And I think that that is really driving everything, in my opinion. I mean, it's what's being talked about from from the administration side, you know, from the, from the political side, all the way down to like we talked about earlier with follow the money, follow the dollars. You know, are you able to get your next fund, you know, uh, or your next investment, you know, from whatever source you're going to if you are not buying renewables, if you're not thinking about ESG, if you're not thinking about, you know, some sort of sustainable practices, right? So I see that being the biggest sort of tea leave that I'm reading around the space and less about the parts of the country. Like going into the whole California versus East Coast, West Coast, and who, who and I don't know exactly 
why one would be more robust from a renewable perspective than another outside of, you know, there's more sun light and there's more opportunity for renewables to be created from solar in California and Arizona and, 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 you know, those types of states versus, you know, somewhere in on the East coast. Are you seeing any pricing, big pricing differences between renewable sources in the various ISOs? No, no. Um, it seems to be pretty, pretty standard across the board where, you know, it, it, because here's the thing, right? Like you're, you're sourcing renewables, right? From let's say Texas wind, right? And that's going to, you know, you're going to be able to buy, you know, renewables from, you know, uh, renewable energy certificates from, from Texas wind or, you know, or, 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 or a solar farm in, you know, in, in California and, you know, those are big hotbeds, right? That are really just driving the price around the country, right? So it's not like, you know, New England's going to have a different price than, 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 you know, California or Texas. It's going to be driven by kind of where these, where these assets are and what, and how much they're producing. And that's going to fluctuate based on the price, right? So if you're not, you know, and then again, that gets back into the supply and demand, right? So if you're not producing enough, right, but people still, are, are asking for it, right, then your pricing is going to go up regardless of where it's located. So what's next for uh, Zentility? What can we expect in the future? Yeah. Um, so for, for Zentility in the future, we are going to continue to build out our product, our platform. I, I would say that the, the next big thing for Zentility is going to be focused on uh, building more products that are focused on renewables focused on distributed generation. I really do believe that that is something that that the trend is going to continue. So we're going to invest in that trend. We're going to focus on trying to bring our our platform and the experience that we're building for the suppliers, the customers and the advisors. We're going to try to build more on more into the renewable picture. Um, than we were in the past because it, again, is trending in that direction. So if we get to a point where we are, if we get to a point where, you know, everyone is putting, you know, some sort of, and when I say every business and not everyone, every business is putting solar and battery to some degree on their assets, right? That's going to be a win for us because, you know, I think that, is the trend we're seeing and if it continues it's going to be a great opportunity for us and others to 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 take advantage of because like i was mentioning earlier that really wasn't the case you know five six years ago right i mean it's always been there because of all these new mandates and all these new trends that are going on with esg and renewables i think that we're headed in that direction as well right so again today we do renewable energy certificates, right? Tomorrow, in the future, you know, distributed generation, um, VPPAs, PPAs, all these things are starting to come at us and we're trying to build products and productize these things to make it easier for these commercial industrial buyers to understand what they're getting themselves into and to execute with a really streamlined, easy to understand kind of process. Yeah, it goes back to, again, the, the informed decision. 
the informed decision-making yeah. process. Well, because nobody really, nobody, I mean, yeah, the informed decision is the critical point. It's the easy button for, and, and this is, this goes back to, you know, all types of, you know, digital transformations that have happened in multiple different industries. Energy uh, is sort of going through this right now. Banking went through this, you know, 10, 15 years ago, right? So obviously it's happening slowly, just like energy usually does, slowly. However, it is happening. And I think that people um, that are now needing to make these decisions are looking for ways to make the best possible decision, right? So, you know, when it comes to data, when it comes to consultants that are going to help, you know, these transitions, all of these, you know, um, these sectors within energy are going to, you know, continue to look for different tools to help them make better informed decisions, right? And that's what really will we'll ultimately come down to. And that's what we're really trying to solve with Zentility and our platform. Well, it'll be interesting to, to have you on in a little bit to, to see how that progresses, but also the additional trends that you're seeing. You know, we, we talked about 24 months ago to today, you know, what it, lo- what it could look like and the trends you're seeing, you know, several uh, months or, or years from now. Yeah, it's a brand new landscape. Everybody's kind of navigating it together. Uh, some are obviously out more in front than others, and some kicking and screaming. But it's it's something that we're all going to be treading across. So it's going to be interesting to see how it all comes together. It really, it really is. Yeah. No, I I, I completely agree. Well, listen, I appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks for your time. Really interesting. Yeah. No, David, thank you so much, and uh, it was a pleasure being here today. 